Tonight, Project Veritas's James O'Keefe joins me to discuss their new series on unmasking the deep state. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. James, hi, thank you so much for joining us. Now, your group, Project Veritas, has definitely made ways in the area of investigative journalism. Your most recent work has included other things like looking at election fraud as well as media bias, but now in your latest series of videos, which are continuing to be released, you tackle unmasking the deep state. Now, the deep state is something that people have been talking a lot about recently, but it's often kind of framed as this conspiracy theory. In your own words, how would you describe the deep state and the people you're trying to unmask. Well, the deep state is a anonymous, faceless resistance within the executive branches of government. And we've heard a lot about it for a couple of years, but never seen the faces, heard the voices. The mainstream media and this anonymous New York Times op-ed almost seems to protect the individuals in these executive branch agencies, certainly not unmasking them. So we go undercover. We don't have the same issues the mainstream media has. We're happy to unmask and to personify to put a face to a name of who these people are. And now we've exposed so far four agencies, two people are out of a job at the Department of Justice and in the government auditor's office after bragging about how they can't get fired for breaking all types of laws, targeting private citizens for political reasons, using their uh, government offices to do so. And uh, we have another one coming out here actually today on the Internal Revenue Service, and that should make everyone very happy because not a lot of people uh, like the IRS, and you're about to find out what happens with the deep state there. <laughs> Definitely no one's going to be crying over the fact that the IRS might be under a little bit of suspicion and hopefully a little bit of fire right now. But for, for anyone who hasn't seen the videos yet, would you mind going into a little bit of detail about exactly what these deep state operatives are doing to derail or try and slow down any progress the Trump administration is is trying to make, right? Because I think when someone says, yes, they're trying to sabotage, there's a resistance. Uh, a lot of people might be skeptical. I mean, what could these individual actors possibly be doing, right? Because we have oversight. There's so many people involved. How, how can one person be making a difference like they're attempting to do for the negative? Well, actually, there is an oversight in, in these videos. If you have not seen them, projectveritas.com, these agents actually describe how they can't get fired for anything, how they actually, in some cases, volunteer this information that they're part of this resistance, Democratic Socialists resisting in D.C., and they say, well, they're just going to rubber stamp the form. The State Department official actually uses the term rubber stamp, his financial and ethics disclosure forms. This other guy, Nate Sumeranian, who is the government auditor, he actually says, I was intentionally vague when I filed my ethics forms. And I just, I'm hungover, I don't show up to work. I spend six hours during the workday helping elect democratic socialist candidates. And I, in three years from now, they're gonna find out what I'm doing and they're not gonna basically hold me accountable. So there isn't any accountability. And, and they're using the rules of our government, which is basically you can't get fired for anything, which is the truth. And they're using that against our government. And why this is so important is that, you know, if, if you watch these videos of the State Department official, DOJ, Health and Human Services official says that she gets leaks sent to her internally and sends it to the media. They're actually disrupting the fabric of our country because when you elect someone, you elect all these branch agencies along with the president. It's These are elected officials, so to speak. Congress has given power to these agencies, which I think is wrong, but they have delegated power to these agencies. 
and no one, none of these people are, are elected. None of them are accountable. So the only way to hold them accountable is to, in my opinion, secretly record them because you can't get fired. So now it, what's interesting is that two of them have basically gotten fired. And um, it's very interesting to see what happens next. We're in a very busy news cycle with the Supreme Court nominations, but this is the most important issue because people talk about the Supreme Court not being elected. None of these people in these executive branch agencies are uh, held accountable, and they're bragging about that. And it's the hubris, it's them on tape, it's the arrogance that's probably the most extraordinary thing about these tapes. Right, and what shocked me, like you said, about the tapes was specifically that, the arrogance. These people talk about the way they're trying to subvert the government so boldly and, and proudly. Uh, I think if I were trying something like that, I would at least want to keep quiet about it, but not these guys. And you mentioned the DSA, Democratic Socialists of America, and they're people who are, I guess, sort of the, so far the focal point of your videos. These are actors who work for the government, but they are DSA members. Now, I, I'm someone who's studied history and everything. I don't want to go back to the era of McCarthyism, but at the same time, it does seem like we have a real problem with these socialists and literally self-avowed communists in one, in one instance, as we've seen, working to work against, like you said, a democ democratically elected administration, or at least representative. And what do you think we can do about that? Because obviously, I don't think anyone wants to go back to the days where, you know, allegations of communism and socialism are being thrown around or where people have, uh, you know, their their jobs tested and potentially lost because they had an affiliation with the wrong administration at some point. Is there a middle ground that we can work with moving forward? Because I think as we've seen, there's absolutely a problem here. Well, it's not about their political views or their communist views. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Department of Justice official was actually running license plates and using LexisNexis, which is sponsored by the Justice Department, allegedly, according to these DSA members, she was using that government property and resources to target people she disagreed with. That, that's, that's far worse than her political views. You have a right to be a communist, socialist, atheist, Christian, whatever. You can't use government property. That's a violation of the Hatch Act. You can't lie on your ethics and disclosure forms. That's a violation of United States Code 1001, lying to the federal government. All these people that have been convicted of perjury, well, that's what these guys are doing. And we don't have any equal justice under the law if these people are not held to account. And and I, this should be the inspector general's job. It should be the job of these agencies. I'm a I'm an outside nonprofit group, which is taking it upon myself and our team to expose this. So that's why it's so it's so outrageous that we have to do the work of exposing corruption in the government when they're supposed to be cleansing themselves. And and I think the thing that really, really took it over the top was in every one of these cases, these guys said, nothing can happen to us. You know, we're, we're, we cannot get in trouble. The, the State Department guy, Stuart Carafa, looks into the, look, he doesn't know he's being recorded, but, but we asked him, the undercover reporter asked him, well, how do you get away with this? And he said, ah, you know, it's impossible to fire a federal employee, and, and you can't, you couldn't write it. Images transfix in a way that words cannot with these officials, and we just touched the tip of the iceberg. These are the foot soldiers. Obviously, it goes all the way to the top. Um, uh, we hope for some great awakening here. If people, it's no longer a conspiracy theory. It's not, it's not an allegation. It's not ideological. It's not left or right wing. These are recordings. These are not political objects. They're they're just reality. And we're hoping that we can build some type of moral consensus 
with the American people. That This is unassailable. I mean, people on the left have not been able to attack it. There's nothing to attack. You can't, you can't run license plates using Department of Justice resources and lie about it and brag you can't get fired. That's a sort of banana republic shenanigans. So, I, I, you know, we, we just got to do more of it. We just got to do this times 100 until, uh, I guess, the Merit Act is passed or civil reform is passed, civil servant reform, so these guys can be held accountable. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that ideally this kind of work should not be your job, right? It shouldn't be up to people like you to go through these efforts to try and uncover this. There should be oversight that's catching this, but there's not. But not only that, it's it's not just that the government isn't doing it, but our established, very well-funded mainstream media network is also not doing it. And when it comes to your videos, I've, I've seen you mentioned and covered a little bit on Fox, but uh, aside from them, how has the mainstream media, more established publications, how have they reacted to what's been uncovered in your video so far. Well, we made the print edition of the Washington Post, which is pretty extraordinary for, for us, because uh, the Washington Post definitely does not like me. But um, we got, you know, we got some reporters email us from the Washington Post, the New York Times, almost incredulous at how we got this information. They were asking, how did you get these guys to talk? <laughs> so, so much of the media spends so much of their time trying to protect their sources in government that they've lost touch with what their actually their goal is, which is to, which is to unmask fraud. I mean, it's not just to protect their. So I mean, protecting sources is important, but if it comes at the expense of your actual primary responsibility, which is to inform the people, that that's what's happened. It's become kind of a perversion. So, like Bob Woodward wrote this book about Donald Trump, and he's and he's protecting all these sources who are relaying information from other sources who are quoting other people, and it's just a game of telephone, and by the time you get the actual quote, it's probably not identical to what was said. So the journalists are very surprised and amazed, to be honest with you, and they've sent this to me privately, of course, they would never tweet about it, but they're amazed at how we got this information. And they, I guess they kind of feel a little bit scooped or embarrassed that they were not first to the story or they didn't get the story, so their reaction is to kind of just not talk about it, with the exception of the Justice Department issuing a very strong statement, ethics inquiry now into this Allison Raybar character who is using DOJ resources, the journalists have to respond to that. So there has been some mainstream coverage of the reactions from government because that is news. Mm -hmm. And you've mentioned the the idea that you, you record people without their knowledge because you feel like you have to. And that is something that um, I've seen people be quite critical of. I, I've heard allegations of hypocrisy because you're mentioning privacy violations like this. The, right. the one individual who was using, uh, I think, the LexisNexis system to look at private citizens. Do you think that is a, a valid criticism? Do you think that's something to be talk about, talked about, especially how not only are these people being recorded and then the information leaked, but you're, you're also very, very upfront with exactly who these people are. You'll say, you know, this is this their person's name. This is what their position is. And I mean, obviously, there are real life implications for those people. So I guess how would you respond to those claims? I do not think it's unethical, and here's why. The, syrup, the idea of a surreptitious recording, when, some, when you have to remember, these are strangers present. So when you go out for a beer or go to a restaurant and you're sitting at a table with three people, anything that you say is not private. These guys didn't say, please don't tell anybody this. And even if they did, when you blab in a bar to strangers about how you're using your federal government or you're blabbing in a basement of a church to strangers, 
I mean, the irony of the socialists congregating in the basement of a church is one thing, but when you're, <laughs> when you're, when you're gloating and 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 speaking loudly to people around you, you don't have an expectation of privacy. I didn't record these people in their bedroom. I did not record these people in their houses. I recorded them in public, and surreptitious recordings are not unethical when strangers are present. But I think that actually recording their their own words it gives them far more justice than having written down what they told us. Because if you simply write down what someone tells you, you don't actually capture it to the T, as crystal clear as you would if you recorded them. You don't do with them justice. And that's the problem with our media. They, they write things down, they describe with an ocean of words, and they selectively edit to borrow their criticism of me. They, they, they arrange words in such a way as to obfuscate, as to, as to not provide clarity as to what was said. So what the people don't like about me is that the stuff is irrefutable. It is incontrovertible. It's impossible to deny, and I think that to deny, and I think that the media doesn't like that because I think the media's business model is to create confusion, to create two sides of an issue, to, to create this polarity. Veritas and our group does not do that. We provide irrefutable, incontrovertible, black and white evidence as to what someone had said and the people lose their jobs. So I think it's it's actually quite ethical to record these folks, particularly when they're government officials. Privacy belongs to the people. Transparency belongs to those who govern us. And that is a very important distinction. We have got to promote transparency in the federal government. We are we it is so bad. It is so corrupt that we need to return to a renaissance of undercover journalism that happened decades ago and for some reason has been abandoned. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very fair point. The whole art of investigative journalism is really not something we see anymore, especially when it comes to the major news networks. Ironically enough, I think they're the ones who are falling behind on this. But for anyone who hasn't seen the videos yet and wants to and wants to keep up with what you and Project Veritas are doing and maybe support you guys, where can they go? How can they find you? Uh, our, gr our group is called Project Veritas, V-E-R-I-T-A-S dot com. You go to the website, you'll see all the reactions, and we'll be releasing something on the IRS imminently and followed by another government agency. Stay tuned. A lot of things happening. It's very exciting to see these videos come out. All right. Thank you. And again, thank you so much for your time and for, I guess, taking all the heat that you know is going to come on you for, for doing this. Happy to do it. It's, it's a lot of fun to fight for what you believe in. Thank you.